Welcome back to Galactic Conquest. We have a new Star Wars TV series. That's really exciting. Let's get into it. Now, before we get into it, don't worry, I won't spoil anything yet. I want to record my impressions before I see the series, uh, so I'll be able to see how the show changes or affirms my, you know, impressions uh, that it's given me. Um, so basically, I'm going into this one cold. I was not in love with the concept of the Bad Batch to begin with. Uh, back in 2014, when it was just unfinished animatics on StarWars.com uh, as, you know, scrapped Clone Wars episodes. And I was kind of glad it wasn't actually continuity because I thought the concept was a little silly. My biggest problem was that the clones were just too specialized to be believable. And the fact that they were genetic defects kind of made it worse. I got the impression from like, Legends novels and things that the clones who didn't turn out right were just terminated by the Kaminoans, and, and that was that. But the fact that they were an elite unit of what should have been Republic Commandos, I just don't buy it. It's kind of like making SEAL Team 6 entirely out of recruits who failed basic training. Now, I know that they've stated that they're just gen genetically modified, so that maybe it's not as bad as all that. But the fact that they are so rogue and uncontrollable makes it hard to believe as part of a larger army. When the Clone Wars Season 7 episode arc featuring the Bad Batch aired, however, I was pleasantly surprised and thought that it was one of the stronger arcs of the series. It got quickly overshadowed by the excellent Siege of Mandalore that came after it, but I liked the vibe and the character tension between Anakin Rex and this group of crazy clones, and it made for some fun action. Even though it was good, I thought it was somewhat throwaway, apart from giving Echo another lease on life. So imagine my surprise when it's announced as the spiritual successor to the Clone Wars. Now, I really like the sizzle reel of all the new Star Wars things that are coming out that they premiered last year, and it was really good to see that the Clone Wars art style and animation were back after, well, what they did with Rebels. <laughs> but I guess my thoughts can be summed up as I don't really feel any kind of way about these characters, but I'm just excited for the next Clone Wars. So that show, especially what it was able to do with seasons 5, 6, and 7, and parts of 4, was truly special. It was able to add depth and drama to characters and movies we'd already seen. Um, Anakin's feelings and Ahsoka's, you know, leaving the Jedi Order come to mind. But one of the best things it was able to do was humanize and make us sympathize with the clones. So a whole clone-centric show? Fantastic. The concept of just focusing on a small squad reminds me of what I read somewhere as Dave Filoni's original concept for the Clone Wars show. Uh, it's just a small group of people in a starship trying to make their way in a galaxy, flying around, having adventures with the war in the background. So that concept got adapted into Rebels when George Lucas stepped in and said no, he wanted to focus on Anakin and the Padawan and focus more on the main story of the war. So what I was really hoping for out of this series is some great action, some great character moments, whole new look at the clones and what happens to them after the Clone Wars. Because apart from the new references here and there, um, that's something that really hasn't been explored. Um, so the assumption was that they just sort of died off and got replaced by conscripts who formed the Imperial Army. Now since this is a Disney show, I'm assuming the Bad Batch will escape and probably end up working for the Rebels or something and not the Empire, although I would love a series that went similar to the original Battlefront 2 campaign and followed a soldier through the rise of the Empire and into the Galactic Civil War, but I doubt they'll do that. So, alright, spoiler warning, jump off now if you haven't seen it, because let's get into the Bad Batch. First of all, I really liked this episode. 
I wasn't sure what to expect, as you just heard, but as soon as the Clone Wars logo came on, I was really surprised in a good way. Uh, seeing as, you know, the episode wasn't the Clone Wars. Why was, you know, there a Clone Wars logo? But when it melted away into the Bad Batch logo, that just solidified for me that this is truly the successor to the Clone Wars uh, as a show and only isn't called Clone Wars Season 8 because it focuses on a whole new set of characters. It's also interesting to start a show with the title Aftermath. Um, I don't think you could enjoy this show as much without at least a working knowledge of the Clone Wars and definitely the movies. It started the same way all Clone Wars episodes did, which was interesting. I was wondering if they'd do something didn't, but they went back to, you know, old reliable, and I thought it was great. Uh, there was the voiceover catching us up on the action and showing us scenes from the war. There were a lot of sequences from the Clone Wars that we'd already seen, especially the battles in Season 7, but there was also some great new footage from a few moments of Revenge of the Sith, which I really enjoyed. Um, then it came right off the bat was my first geek out moment when it was announced that they were on a planet called Collar, uh, which I, you might have known from the comic Kanan, The Last Padawan, which came out a few years ago, but we'll get to that in a moment. Um, overall, this show, the visuals, the directing, the art style, although it closely mirrored the Clone Wars, um, it's fantastic in every way and just takes it to the next level. The animation is both smooth and detailed and really, I mean, you could be watching live action on, on some of those shots. Um, I especially like the moment early in the episode when you see first person of Wrecker sliding down the snowy hillside. Um, sort of reminded me of the opening of Halo 5, I think it was, but... It was a great shot, nonetheless. Small nitpick is that I didn't get how Crosshair's gun fired those magnetic ropes from the side and not the barrel of the gun, but hey, who cares? Um, it introduces the main characters very quickly with a really fun action scene that looks great and feels fun. Uh, but the real standard here, the real standout, pardon me, is Caleb Dune and the man who would grow up to be Kanan Jarrus, uh, the Jedi from Rebels. Now, before we get into continuity... I really liked what they did with him here. This story is very believable and plays out realistically for his story and his escape and all of that. But <laughs> I mentioned Kane in the last Padawan, the comic series from Marvel. Is that comic series no longer canon? Um, the story is that, you know, story group canon, everything, comics, movies, shows, novels, it all matters. But um, right off the bat, apart from Collar looking massively different, uh, the entire series of events that leads to Order 66 has been changed. In the comic, Caleb and his master, Depa Balaba, have just won a crucial battle on a very sunny, warm collar, not a snowy forest. Um, and their clone commander has red armor, not green, but, you know, now I'm just splitting hairs. Uh, and they're sleeping outside on a field when the call comes in from Sidious uh, to execute Order 66. So at first I was thinking, well, will they will leave Collar before that happens? The season will change, and that story will still happen the way it did in the comic. Um, so I was pretty surprised when Order 66 happens out of nowhere, which was actually kind of enjoyable to be surprised uh, by something that big in a show, even when you know it's coming. Uh, now, I'm not saying that the show should have to bow down to a comic that, you know, would be ridiculous, but it would be nice if it had all fit together like they advertise that it does. You know, if you're going to do it like you advertised, then do it. If not, that's all right. Um, but it actually, the show did fix a minor continuity er error from Rebels. 
Um, so Rebels and Kanan says that um, the last thing his master said to him was run. While in the comic, uh, she says, I'll be right behind you. So in the show, she does say run as her last words. So that was a nice callback and fit nicely. But in the grand scheme of things, like I said, it didn't ruin the episode for me. It was a great scene. I actually really liked the look of collar from the show um, and how the the clones were using sort of World War One tactic, tactics. They were dug in and had a large Gatling gun and how they were just stuck. Um, so I liked the battle overall. But let's talk a little about the clones because my problem with Clone Force 99, which I mentioned earlier, hasn't quite gone away. They do note in the episode that they are deviant, not defective, and it seems like there was some intentionality by the Kaminoans in creating them. So that sort of fixes some things. That said, while I liked the action scene at the beginning, I don't necessarily like that there are clones who are basically just as good as Jedi. I mean, in any other story, it would be the Jedi who take out three tanks and a whole battalion to save the day, and not basically superhero clones. That isn't to say I don't want clones to save the day and be awesome. I love clones. I think they're great. But I'd like the Jedi to be the ones who are really special. And this sort of takes away from that um, in a weird way. I figured that it was kind of the gimme I'd have to grant this show. And once I gave it to them, well, it was worth it. Uh, So Clone Force 99, the heroes of our story, consist of Wrecker, Hunter, Crosshair, Echo, and Tech. Um... These characters have great character design. I love their armor. Um, They each look unique. Um, So even though, you know, Echo and Tech sort of blend together for me in their jobs in the squad, um, they all feel and look like unique characters. And even though there's kind of a lot of them to really be introduced here off the bat, um, you do get a very good feel um, for how they interact with each other, for their personalities, for what they, you know, their specialties and things like that. Uh, So that helps it feel fun. Um, The characters grew on me throughout the episode. I'm not ashamed to admit it. Uh, Hunter was a clear favorite. He was balanced and level-headed while also being dangerous. Uh, And his curiosity and, you know, just confusion about what was happening really drove the show forward in an engaging way. Um, Like I said, Echo and Tech sort of blended together for me. They're both technology clone role and they're somewhat interchangeable for now. Wrecker, I didn't love so much, but his antics weren't as annoying as they could have been. And I thought that he had some sweet moments towards the end with his little bunny thing. Um, Crosshair was really well written, but we'll get to him in a minute. So naturally, the Bad Batcher is confused as his Jedi on what's happening. Uh, which was believable for the story and also just cool to see how would clones, you know, react. Um, Because before um, the Clone Wars Season 6 revealed that there was a a microchip in their brain, uh, you know, we kind of assumed that, you know, the clones, uh, you know, would have different reactions to this order and wouldn't just, you know, follow it blindly due to programming. So it was interesting to kind of see um, people who didn't have to follow it blindly and sort of grapple with it like, you know, we used to assume they did. Um, there was a great fake out where Hunter is chasing Caleb Doom and he's about to jump off the ledge like you in, in Fugitive. Uh, but then he jumps over the chasm like he's a Jedi. I was all ready for him to jump down the chasm. Um, so, But then right there, right after that moment, is the heart of the episode and it establishes tension between Crosshair and Hunter, which underlines the whole episode and I absolutely loved so even when they're, they're working together, you're watching and waiting for the ball to drop because 
Crosshair, he wants to follow orders. Hunter doesn't know what's happening. So there's an immediate tension between, well, you know, Crosshair needs to follow Hunter's orders, but also thinks Hunter isn't loyal and things like that. Um, that was great to set up earlier in the episode and really added to the dynamic of the main characters. Uh, you also see that Hunter still treats Crosshair like a friend, but you can see that Crosshair's growing mistrust and animosity towards him, you know, growing throughout the episode. So then as the Bad Batch returns to Kamino, there's a fun reversal of the clearance code scene from Return of the Jedi. So in that film, um, at the end when they're going to Endor, it's about submitting a fake code and the tension comes from whether or not it will work and what game Darth Vader is playing, letting them pass. Uh, in this show, they have the exact access codes they need. Everything's fine. There's no problem on the surface. But the fact that they need a code in the first place is concerning and that adds tension um, in a way you wouldn't expect. And that reversal becomes a huge theme of the show. There's a great moment where a clone is rude to Tech, and you're thinking, oh, there's stormtroopers now. This confirms it. And Tech goes, oh, nothing out of the ordinary. So there's a lot of little great Star Wars moments like that and tropes that are turned on their head that add to the feeling of upheaval that permeates the show, which makes a lot of sense for a show that, with the backdrop of you know the events of Revenge of the Sith and the Republic becoming an empire. The clones themselves are presented differently. Um, the regular clones are presented differently, whereas, you know, they were the heroes of the previous show. Now they're mostly jerks. Um, and it's set up very early in the episode that, you know, we don't like them and we don't mind them being knocked out, blasted and thrown around like they are in this episode. I mean, I'm fully expecting them to be sort of the standard villains of the series, not unlike the droids were in the Clone Wars. Um, so one element that was nearly flawless in this episode was Tarkin. He was not, he was, excuse me, he was great not only to give an insight into galactic politics uh, and the practicals behind turning a republic into an empire and what the emperor wanted out of the army, um, and it was surprising how soon they were already thinking of that, um, but he also drove the story forward in an organic way. Everything he did made sense and progressed the story forward um, and helped really expand our picture of what's happening in the galaxy as a whole. I thought it was funny and a little meta how when Tarkin is testing them in the uh, in the chamber uh, that Wrecker sees the new battle droids in the simulator and he yells, new toys, which I'm sure they are and available at a target near you. <laughs> um, they also look like precursors to the Dark Troopers, which is a nice connection um, to the Mandalorian. So the one thing I didn't like at first was Omega. I thought she was just kind of the perky kid to lighten the, the show. Um, but the way that they built mystery surrounding her and her origin was intriguing. Um, and, you know, the reveal midway through that she is a clone, it really had, really helped add a great through line for the series moving, moving forward. Um, I'd really like to see how that mystery plays out and what the Kaminoans wanted to do with her. I also think that the Kaminoan handler was the one who helped them escape at the end uh, by leaving the door open. So I think that'll be interesting to see play out uh, because it was definitely interesting. There's a scene close to the end. I know I'm jumping around, but the Kaminoan prime minister and the head scientist are talking and they're almost a third faction because obviously they're concerned, you know, the emperor doesn't want their work anymore. What's going to happen to them? Um, so it's interesting that even, you know, those in power on some level, everything has changed for them. Uh, you know, it's not just the clones where everything's changing. Um, things are very different at every level of the galaxy, and that's something that's going to be great to see play out um, for every faction. 
So this man, this show managed to stay ahead of me at almost every turn. Um, there were plenty of moments where I thought, okay, I can see where this is going. It's going to go into the standard, you know, cartoon action sequence here. Um, but each time I thought there were, I knew where it was going, it would veer off the standard path and go someplace interesting, um, like on the run. Um, that was a really interesting mission and in how um, I think the audience kind of knew they were rebels. Um, but for the clones to see, wait a minute. Uh, this is this is what our job would be now. We would have to go murder innocent civilians. Um, to have them grapple with that was fascinating to see. Uh, and I also liked how this show was able um, to present the Imperial view of the galaxy through Tarkin and the scenes with him and the Rebel view uh, in the scenes with Saw Gerrera um, and the insurgents on Onderon and set up Clone 99 caught in the middle. Um, so really from all sides and in almost every scene in this show, there are things um, that, you know, familiar things being up upturned. There are, you know, conflicts of interest in everyone they meet. Um, it really established a very chaotic world for this show to exist in. And it was, it was just fascinating to watch. Um, what they did to Crosshair, I thought was pretty heartbreaking. Um and I thought that the tension would last, you know, the t tension I mentioned earlier would last for most of the season. Um, I thought he would stay with them. But the fact that they altered him and then made him into a straight villain was, I mean, shocking um, and really sad. Um, but the score and the lighting in that scene particularly really added to the emotional impact and the punch um, to conf to a conflict between characters that I was pretty apathetic about going into the episode. So that's a big win for the show um, for me to go from, well, you know, they're okay to, oh man, that's, that's their brother who is now, you know, they don't know, but he's been changed and can't help himself. Um, that was really an interesting dynamic. And I thought very dark for this show. Um, I know the Clone Wars always kind of waffled, whether in between it wanted to be a kid's show or, you know, this sort of edgy, um, you know, teen, later teen show and sort of ended up being kind of in the PG-13 range. I would argue this show is very solidly PG-13. I don't really think there's anything kiddy about it other than the fact that it's animated. And I know plenty of, you know, uh, adult animated movies and things nowadays, so that's not so uncommon. Um I definitely, and that's not to say that it's super adult, but there's a level of sophistication, darkness in the in the way that it's written and presented that I think uh, a younger kid wouldn't really enjoy. Um, and also, before I forget, AZ3 was back, and that was just great to see. So, um, overall, I really liked this episode, both for what it was and for what it set up. Um, it was full of great action, character tension, art direction. There were some frames that were just beautiful. Um, it kept me guessing, and it really told a personal story um, in the midst of a wider, crazier galactic conflict, and it still felt natural and engaging. Um, there are a few continuity hiccups, like we mentioned, and some cartoony elements with Wrecker and here and there, um, but I would give it an 8.5 out of 10 at least. I mean, it was great. Um, I'd be glad to see that they're starting this show with the level of quality that they ended the last one. Um, they've definitely picked up where they left off in a lot of ways, and there's, you know, nowhere to go but up. So looking forward to see what they'll do next. Um, but that's it for me for now. Uh, if you like this show, check us out on Twitter, at Podcast Galactic. Um, 
drop us a tweet, tell us what you thought, uh, and share, share us around if you liked it or even if you didn't. Um, we appreciate, you know, all the help. So until next time, thanks for listening and may the force be with you.